to Little Teasers Bets. My name is Harrison Miller, and I am flying solo today. Um, unfortunately, Seth could not be with us, so it is just me on the show. Uh, first and foremost, before we get the show started, I just want to send out uh, my thoughts and prayers to Virginia um, and, and the tragedy that, that happened over uh, this past week. And so, um, so horrible, uh, so sad. And I can't believe stuff like that goes on, especially uh, to kids like that. And so um, I just praying for all those families, uh, the Virginia community, um, and, and I hope they can uh, pull through a, a tough time like this. So um, thinking about those kids and, and I just hope nothing but the best for that team, for that school, for, uh, for Virginia in general. So. Uh, with that being said, <clears throat> I'm going to go right ahead and dive into uh, some of the games this week. Um, let's talk about the model. Uh, last week during the weeknight games, the model went 7-4, and four, uh, picks against the closing spread. So uh, really solid uh, performance there, um, up a little over two and a half units uh, if you followed all of the weeknight picks. Um, and dropped this week's weeknight picks on Twitter. So make sure you go and find that. Uh, let's uh, let's run over that real quick. So tonight we have Ohio and Ball State um, model favorites. Ohio a little bit. I think Ohio's uh, plus minus three and a half. Excuse me, um, over Ball State. Um, uh, the model thinks the game between Toledo and Bowling Green is going to be a little closer as well. Um, not so sure. I agree with that, but hey, it's what the model's getting. So. Um, I, I believe the spread is minus 15 uh, for Toledo. So um, we'll, we'll see how it works there. But uh, the rest of the picks can be found there. Um, just kind of looking over it, like Bowling Green, Ohio, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, uh, Western Michigan, SMU. Love SMU pick. We'll get back to that later in the show. Um, USF barely over Tulsa. Um, and then <clears throat> New Mexico barely over South San Diego State, excuse me, um, but yeah, those are those are the weeknight uh, FBS model predictions uh, for Week Twelve. Um, you can also find all of the Power Five matchup predictions on Twitter as well. Um, so make sure you go and find that out. We'll be using that as a baseline for some of the picks that we make this week. Um, speaking of picks this week, let's dive right into it. USC minus two and a half at UCLA. Um, this game is going to be awesome. The Trojans are Pac-12's last hope to make the college football playoff. And a win over another ranked opponent will work wonders in boosting their strength of schedule, uh, especially to the playoff committee, and you know how much they favor that kind of stuff. Quarterback Caleb Williams has been relatively decent. Um, you know, I, I, I say that lightly. I people are probably like, relatively decent. He's been awesome. He's having a monster Heisman season. But um, – I, I tone it down a little bit when I'm talking about Caleb Williams due to his strength of schedule uh, in general. Um, and, and and so I, I think Pac-12 numbers are slightly in, inflated um, and they mean just a little bit less than they do in other conferences. But, hey, I mean, he's still balling, so more power to him. Um, USC is going to be without their star running back, Travis Dye. Uh, and, and, and so they uh, – that's not going to help them, um, especially going into UCLA. Uh, but when I look at this, both of these teams are mirror images of each other. And and so this is more of a pick em almost. Uh, the reason I w- like L- UCLA so much is um, 
I mean, you know, let's, I'm not going to pretend like UCLA has a home field advantage. They don't. Everybody's seen the pictures on Twitter. Everybody knows what it's like um, on the West Coast uh, in terms of college football and how much fans care about college football over there. But, you know, it is at home. Um, you know, they will be in the comfort of their own stadium, their own locker room. I, I think UCLA is a lot better than what people give them credit for. And I think they should have beat Oregon um, when they played uh, a couple weeks ago. I think Oregon um, had a lot of things go right for them when they played. It was at Oregon. Uh, and, and the score definitely did not mirror uh, the outcome of that game. And so I, I, that's the reason I like UCLA straight up is because I find so much value in it because I think there should there's more of a pick uh feel to this game. Um, again, they're mirror images of like the – each other. So there's no, the, the only thing that USC has that UCLA doesn't have is Lincoln Riley. And so with that being said, UCLA still has Chip Kelly and, you know, he, he kind of fell off the face of the earth there for a little bit when he went to the NFL and whatnot. But I mean, you know, let's not pretend what he, uh, let's not forget what he did at Oregon before he left for the NFL, you know, same, uh, same style of offense. Um, maybe a little less robust than what Lincoln Riley is running. But, I mean, you know, he, he's still got some gas in the tank, I feel like. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give him credit there. Um, the model likes UCLA to, to win um, over Oregon. Uh, and and I, I do, too. I, I'm going to ride with the model here. Um, I think it's a – again, I think it's more of a pick and matchup. Um, and I think this game is going to be awesome. The over-under is something wild, like 75. Uh, it's been moving up and down, 75 and a half. Um, but, man, this is going to be a fun game, to say the least. Uh, let's look at some of the metrics for this game. Again, mirror image of each other. Both are top five offenses in terms of offensive success rate and efficiency. Both are bottom five and defensive success rate and efficiency. UCLA has a little bit better, but not by much, not by much at all. Um, and so, again, I think this is more of a pick em. This is a 50-50 almost. And so that's why I think there's so much value in UCLA. Um, and even if they don't get it, I'm not going to be upset that they don't win, but I think there's enough positive EV to justify taking the UCLA money line outright. Um, so that's what I'm going to do personally. Um, and I would encourage people to look at that as well. And the total, I'm not messing with it. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of like ones that are that high. I lean to take the under sometimes, and I found success with that. Same with totals that are so low. Last week I took um, Iowa-Wisconsin over 35 points. It was 34 points, so really bad beat. But I will take that any day. Um, you give me that low of a point total, you know, teams, I think more often than not will, um, have higher uh, point totals than, you know, absurd numbers like 35. And I think teams will have a, um, lower point totals than something like 74. But for this game, I'm staying away because these are two teams that could definitely get there. Um, and so if this was any other conference, any other matchup, like power five matchup, uh, definitely hammering the over, but again, man, you have two offensive masterminds going head to head with two quarterbacks that are awesome, um, some playmakers, some real dudes. So, um, 
yeah, that, that's that's kind of my betting profile of this game. Um, they both do everything well offensively, and they both do everything poorly defensively. Mirror image of each other. I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, again, the decision's yours, but um, that, that's what's there. Let's talk about the next game. Georgia minus 23 at Kentucky. Now, I know this is a weird one to put kind of at the top of the list where it's put, but I, I think there's a lot going on to this. I think you know, Georgia, they're not going to get, they're not, this isn't the NFL. Nobody's resting their starters. Uh, nobody's going to, you know, take the, take the foot off the gas. But um, if there was an opportunity to do it, it, it could be a Kentucky. Cause I think Georgia could play all their backups and still beat Kentucky. Um, you know, the, the model likes Kentucky to cover, but it's barely, um, it's mainly because they're projecting like a 45 to 23. So a 22 point spread rather than a 23 point spread. Um, so it's right on that 23 point, uh, margin. So the only, the only reason, the reason I think is does not happen. Kentucky's offensive line is horrible. And I think I'm against players opting out, but at the same time, I totally understand why they should do it. And I even promote some players doing it because of their best interest. I think Will Levis is one of those guys that needs to consider opting out because that offensive line is the worst in the SEC. And it's one of the worst in college football. Um, this is not sustainable. You cannot keep doing and playing the way that they're playing. Uh, you know, I, I watched the Vandy game a little bit. Kentucky was having six blockers line up and they still couldn't defend Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt's pass rush. Um, and so, you know, when you have a team operating like that, it's just, it's not good, um, especially with Georgia, who has one of the meanest defenses in college football. So I think Georgia can easily cover the spread, but this is one of those situations where it's like, all right, what's Georgia's mindset in this game? Is this going to be a tune-up game where they uh, continue to oil their their machine and, and run up the score and get those style points, or do they are they aware that they're kind of cruising to the college football playoffs at this point? Let's keep everybody healthy. Let's just get in and out of this game. Let's run the entire time um, and, and just run the clock out. Get in and out. Who gives a shit about this game? I understand that. And if I was Kirby Smart, I, I you know I wouldn't do that necessarily from start to finish the game, but. You know, I, I see an instance where Stetson can absolutely get two quick touchdowns, 14 to nothing. Let's not pretend like Kentucky and this Will Levis offense right now is going to be able to score on this Georgia defense. But at 14 to no, let's just cruise the entire time. So, uh, you know, if you're looking at that minus 23 line for Georgia, like I did, and it's like, man, that's, that's so easy for Georgia. It is. But be careful because game script may override this line and keep it close. Um, and so we'll see how it turns out. Um, you know, I, I would like to sit here and say, Kentucky, you know, this is going to be one of their Super Bowls because it's the number one team in the nation. Um, it's at home. And so, yes, obviously, uh, this is an exciting like game for them and they could come out motivated and put up a fight, but I just, I mean, we, we've seen what's going on. I mean, we know that this team is has not lived up to expectations. They don't have talent um, in the trenches. And so I, I just, 
I don't see any which way that they can keep it close, but maybe they can cover. Um, so this is kind of one of those lines where uh, I'm discussing it because I think this is one of those trap lines that, uh, you know, is going to try and lure people in initially um, onto that Georgia line. And then it very well could happen that Kentucky covers, not because they actually played well, but because Georgia just could care less about this game. So um, that's the lay of the land for, for some of these games. And when you have a team as good as, uh, as Georgia is right now, they're playing some of the best football in college football, hands down. Georgia does everything well. Obviously, they do everything well. Metrically speaking, they're top five in the nation in just about everything. Offensive success rate, number two in the nation behind the balls. Defensive success rate, number eight in the nation. Um, and it's only getting better. I mean, goodness. Um, you know, so, some of those numbers are skewed from some previous opponents. But, you know, Kentucky does have a solid defense. They're number 14th in the nation in defensive success rate. But offensive success rate, 92 and, you know, passing and defense or rushing, excuse me, uh, is even worse. So um, I, I just don't see a lot of promise for this Kentucky team. But I could see like a like a 30 to 17 or, uh, you know, 35 to 21 um, output. So, uh, again, right on that minus 23 line, it's just, you know, it's – the lay of the land. So uh, stay away from this game. Um, but, you know, I hope that helps you out. If you're wanting to bet this game, absolutely. Uh, I hope I pointed you in the right direction there. But um, should be should be an easy one for Georgia, to say the least. Now, one thing I want to point out is the over is 49 and a half. Um, I do think that's very feasible and very much in play. Um, so if you are wanting to touch this game, I'd be more inclined to touch the over. Um, you could, either, you know, in college football, clearing the 50 benchmark is relatively easy. Um, you know, I, I really like that 49 and a half number. Um, I actually may take it myself tonight. But uh, again, if there was a pick for this game, I'm, I'm taking the over. Next game, Utah at Oregon. Oregon's minus three at home against a, a Utah team that's really, really solid. Um, and, and I just, I, I don't feel bad for this Oregon team. I don't think they were top six at all. So um, I actually took Washington spread last week and it um, was really one of my best bets and I'm thankful for it. It uh, was the one that uh, got me over into to positive money. So that's always good. But um, they had it coming. Oregon has the worst pass defense uh, in the nation, almost. Um, it, it's really, really, really bad. Uh, and, you know, going against the number one passing attack in the nation uh, and Michael Penix from Washington, um, everybody saw uh, that defense get exposed. But we're talking about Utah. Utah actually does have a really solid passing attack as well. Um, and so that's why I'm somewhat inclined to take that plus three. Um, I, could, I, I could really see... Uh, Utah uh, kind of coming out guns blazing. I mean, they have the number two rushing offensive success rate and number 22 um, offensive success rate in terms of passing. Uh, so that's a nice matchup for 
um, Utah when it comes up to lining up against the Oregon defense. Oregon defense has a the 114 overall defensive success rate in the nation, and that's just really bad. Um, and it's the third to bottom in the nation in terms of passing. I mean, that's horrible. Uh, so Utah could come out here, start slinging the ball around, and really uh, get ahead. Now, the only reason I'm not, you know, absolutely laying Utah right now is because it's at Oregon. Oregon is, you know, I'm not going to say one of the hardest places to play in college football, but it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, and they both, have, both of these teams have one conference loss. They can't afford another one, um, but they can still make the Pac-12 championship game if they lose. Uh, it's in the picture, but in essence, you know, these teams are fighting, uh, fighting for that bid. So uh, it should be competitive. It should be fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be electric. The total 62. Um, I, you know, I think this clears that. I really do because what's going to happen is I think Utah is going to exploit Oregon's defense, and Oregon's going to have to obviously you know keep up um, in order to uh, you know win this game. Um, they're going to have to outpace Utah, and I think Utah is going to be just fine in terms of uh, taking advantage of that passing defense. So both teams are going to score. Both teams are going to score often. Sixty-two points may be a little generous for Vegas. I like the over here. Um, and, and, and I'm, I may be leaning Utah. Uh, there's no certainty in that, but, um, you know, let's, let's see what the model says. All right. Utah is a favorite in this game, uh, according to the models. So 35-26 score prediction. Uh, I guess it really likes Utah's passing efficiency in comparison to Oregon's uh, defensive passing efficiency. Uh, as expected. So, um, and taking to note, this doesn't really account into home field advantage as well as I would like it to. Uh, it's, a, it's a variable in the model, but it, there's no way to kind of capture that in a manner that I wish I could. Um, you know, may, maybe I have to create some sort of power ranking uh, for teams' home field advantage. You know, you have like uh, SEC teams or uh, big Ten teams like, you know, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, um, LSU, you know, those teams have a really high power ranking that comes to home field advantage. And then you have, you know, UCLA that are probably lower on the totem pole because of uh, the lack of home field advantage, I guess, that comes with playing in their home field. Um, but model really likes Utah. Uh, if model likes Utah, I like Utah. Uh, but I'm also eyeing the over 62 here. Um, I think there's, again, points will be scored, uh, no doubt about it. So uh, really looking forward to that game. Let's talk about TCU. Um, you know, as a Vol fan, I'm rooting for TCU to fall so bad, but they're playing great football. Um, I, I have to acknowledge that. They, they look awesome. Max Duggan looks awesome. Um, I, I had higher hopes for Baylor, uh, but they kind of got – waxed last week by Kansas State. And so, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Baylor had a good chance uh, to make a push for the Big 12 title. I mean, I guess they still do, but um, I think a lot, of, a lot of things still have to go their way. And I just, it's hard to, 
to kind of pick on a team like this that, you know, may lack a little bit more motivation than what, let's say, a team like TCU does. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people are taking TCU minus two, rightfully so. They're seven and one against the spread um, in their past eight games. And I just, it, it really feels like the mo- like they're, they're playing higher than what, you know, their, their talent level is higher than what um, <clears throat> some of their uh, efficiencies may, may give. And so uh, it's hard to bet on a game when it involves a team that is more self-motivated uh, than most. And so a team like TCU, they're kind of an anomaly um, in terms of sports betting. And so, um, you know, minus two looks so nice, but um you know, let, let's talk about Baylor. Baylor can win this game. There is no doubt in my mind that Baylor can win this game. Uh, and, and, you know, if if I didn't have the result of last week's game where Baylor laid an egg, then I would definitely be taking Baylor. But I saw what that they kind of crumbled under pressure. They, they crumbled under um, a, a good defense. And I, I, I can't you know, knock them for that because Kansas State, I mean, they're, they're playing great football right now. Um, look at what they did to Oklahoma State just a couple of weeks ago, um, that 48-0 to, to zero number. That, that's crazy, especially in the Big 12. But I, I had a lot more ex- – I had a lot of higher expectations for um, Blake Shapin in this B- Baylor offense. Um, so I, I don't know really what to expect in this game. Um, and and – you know, again, I would love for Baylor to win. This line opened up at minus two and a half. <clears throat> it's only minus two, but 85% of the public money is on TCU. Um, and that's that's worrisome um, because what, if not, why, why is Vegas not driving up this number? Uh, you know, what, what, what do they know that I don't know? Um, and, and so that's what I'm going to kind of talk through. Uh, the model likes Baylor to cover um, and Baylor to barely, you know, barely keep it close. It's a, a 33-34 prediction. Um, so TCU, the model has TCU winning by one. Um, and, and, man, I just, I could see Baylor uh, taking this game home. Um, you know, they do have an efficient offense at times. When they play a good defense, it seems to crumble. But, um you know, watching some of their games and uh, seeing how they operate. They have uh, some fun playmakers that are interchangeable in certain game situations that uh, really work to their advantage. And so, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I wish I could give you a certain pick, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, Baylor football isn't really playing you know, mesh football. They're not playing team football. Um, and it, it's just hard to like hop on board with this Baylor team. Um, but, you know, everything is pointing me in the direction to take uh, Baylor spread, even Baylor money line. Because, um, you know, I uh, let's say they keep it close. I mean, if they keep it in less than two, then obviously they're more than likely going to win. Odds are... Um, but let's talk about the metrics. TCU, great offense. 
uh, not as like awesome as everybody might think, but there's also a lot of skewed data that goes into the last week's game against Texas. Ugly game, by the way. Uh, I really expected a lot more fireworks out of that game. Um, but hey, TCU's defense did great. They held Beyond Robinson to his lowest total since his freshman year. So, um, nonetheless, I digress. Offensive success rate, 47th in the nation. Um, they actually run the ball a lot more efficiently than they pass the ball, uh, contrary to popular belief. But if you watch the games, you kind of see that uh, they really utilize the run game and then build the pass game uh, based on their run game. But solid defense, number 28th in the nation overall in terms of defensive success rate. You can run the ball in TCU, but it's a little bit more difficult to pass. Um, 23rd overall in defensive success rate in the passing game. Um, Baylor's defense is abysmal, uh, 101 overall defensive success rate, but solid offense, uh, better efficiency ratings than TCU. Um, a little bit surprising considering their uh, lack of production recently, but um, it's there. And that's what, <clears throat> that's what, uh, that's what those stats are saying. And so um, TCU kind of lacks a capitalization factor um, as of late, but uh, excuse me, Baylor, sorry. Baylor lacks a capitalization factor, um, you know, where they get a turnover and they capitalize or they get in good field position and they capitalize. They're just not doing that right now. Um, I, I don't know why, again, uh, they're just not playing good football. I actually picked Baylor to make it to the Big 12 before the season started. Um, <clears throat> I have really high hopes for this team, but this is kind of like a – like a, the, the reason I'm talking about this game is because I, I want to point out those um, – those numbers to everybody. Vegas is not budging on that two number. Uh, 85% of the public is on this and it's not moving. So I, I understand looking at minus two, you're like, give me that all day, but <clears throat> it's at Baylor. The spread's not moving. It's a lower total than what I anticipated. So I, I may be betting on the over again in this game. Um, but this is one of those games where you may want to leave out of your parlay because, uh, you know, hey, I could easily throw in TCU money line right here. And, uh, you know, that's a juicy parlay odds boost right there. Um, and, and so, uh, but you, you may want to consider shying away, shying out of that. Um, uh, so, you know, that's the matchup. Um, you have a really good offense and TCU's offense going against a really bad defense is Baylor's defense. But again, Baylor definitely has the weapons um, to keep up. It's just a matter of uh, can the coaches call the right plays? Can they execute? Uh, and will they come out motivated at home? And, you know, again, like we mentioned with Georgia, this could be Baylor's Super Bowl uh, going against a top four team in the nation right now. Um, you never know in games like this what's going to happen, who's going to show up. So just beware. Um uh, when you, when you when you're eyeing this down on your sports book, just uh, I want it to be known that this is could be a trap game, uh, nonetheless. So, speaking of trap games, Illinois is at Michigan. Michigan's minus seventeen right now. Um, great, you know, great game. Illinois, I thought was going to keep the the magic going, but uh, they fell last week again to Purdue, um, <clears throat> and I just. I felt bad for that team because they, they, you know, they're not necessarily a fun team to watch, but, um, you know, they were fun to follow. Uh, I felt, I felt really, 
good for him. Kind of like a feel-good story, Brett Palama, uh doing what he's doing there. But <clears throat> Michigan kind of kept it close last week against Nebraska for the first part. You know, the scoreboard uh, indicates otherwise, but I don't really think the score is indicative of what Michigan kind of looked like. They look slow. Um, you know, at the end of the game, they obviously pulled away and pulled away handily, but um, they struggled for a second against Nebraska. Um, and I say struggled, but uh, it was closer than I think what Michigan and Michigan fans would have wanted it to be. Um, they barely covered the spread. Uh, I took Nebraska, the model like Nebraska to cover, but um, they barely covered last minute. Wow, that was that was a heartbreak, but <clears throat> it is what it is. You win some, you lose some, right? But Illinois struggles scoring, but they have one of the best defenses in the league. Defensive success rate, third overall in the nation. I mean, they're they're balling right now, and they, and they played some respectable teams. Um, but again, offensive success rate, fifty fourth in the nation. Uh, and then you go over to Michigan. Michigan's doing everything well, both offensively and defensively. But um, it, it's just they're not they're 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 slowing down the game a lot. Um, they're moving at a slower pace than I think what uh, people expect them to run at. But hey, they're playing their game, so more power to them. They capitalize well um, when they get turnovers or get good field position. Uh, unfortunately, Illinois. Uh, you know, they struggle um, in, in doing so. Uh, and, and looking at their EPA numbers, their expected points added, um, there's not much. They're, they're kind of lower tier uh, in FBS and, and EPA per rush, mid-tier and EPA per pass. Um, and, and basically looking at those numbers, if you're not familiar, it's looking at efficiency in both of those facets of the game. So how efficient are they? Um, what are the expected points added? Like, um uh, and, and so um, if you're curious about that, look at look into it a little bit more. It's a really interesting stat. Um, uh, it, can, it can really tell a story. Um, but nonetheless, I think I think Illinois can definitely cover the spread. Um, and I think it's going to be a low total, you know, a low scoring game, which is the total is only 43. So uh, Vegas think it's going to be a low total as well. Um, so that's. Um, that's promising if you're on Illinois side. Uh, the only thing is that it's at the big house. It's at Michigan. Um, if this was at Illinois, I would definitely be um, more inclined to bet Illinois plus 17. Uh, I think they can they can come out motivated, you know, um, and, and play really well. You know, Michigan has quietly gone about their business. Um, they've performed well. Uh, great defense. Uh, running the ball at will pretty much. Um, but you know, Illinois has a good defense that is, has kind of made an identity in stopping the run, stopping the pass, you know, being a, like a, a fortified defensive unit. So, um, I don't know what happened at Purdue last week and why they, um, performed, uh, not up to par with what they're usually performing. Um, and so <laughs> is it one of those things where it's like, uh, that was Purdue. Just all Purdue does is beat good teams and lose to bad teams. But um, <clears throat> we'll see how Illinois and and that team is truly built. Uh, this will be a good test for them and that defense when they go into the big house. Um, let, let's see what the model has to say about this game. Now, the model likes Illinois to cover barely. 
Um, it's kind of right on the spread, actually. Uh, 35 to 19 uh, is what the model is giving. So um, <clears throat> just by a point, two points maybe. Uh, so not going to touch it, but I wanted to talk about it because uh, it is a big game for the Big Ten. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm watching this big game because, you know, Michigan's schedule is soft. Uh, and if there's going to be a team that, you know, has a chance to knock off Michigan uh, before they uh, end up running into Ohio State at the end of the season, it's Illinois. And so I'm rooting for Illinois here. I want them to cover. I want them to win. Um, and I want them to stifle Michigan. You know, I, I think this is going to be one of those um, blunt force matchups where, you know, you have one of the best run, rushing attacks going against but one of the best rushing defensive um, units. So um, that, that's kind of the reason I talk about this game, the betting profile of it. It's going to be low scoring game. Uh, more inclined to bet the under, even though the total is only at 43. So um, if you can get the number at like 18 minus 18 somewhere, um, you know, maybe take that because uh, with a low total like that, it's hard to envision one team, you know, like Michigan, <clears throat> scoring a lot of points against a well-run defensive unit like this, and then Illinois not scoring. Um, you know, Vegas expects, it, expects this to be a low total. And then, you know, that when, with low totals with big spreads, as somebody who sports bet, I like that um, because it's it's less probabilistic. Oh, butchered that. It's probabilistically speaking. There we go it is more likely that Illinois is covering a large spread like that due to the nature of the game with it being a low-scoring affair. A team that score less points means it's less likely for a team to pull away and cover a large spread. There we go. I hope that came across right. Uh, I kind of butchered that, but nonetheless, that's why we're talking about this game, and that's uh, why we're talking about its betting profile. Let's talk about my team, Tennessee minus 21.5 at South Carolina. Um, I'm going to keep it simple. We saw what Florida did to South Carolina at South Carolina. What, you know, what difference is it going to be for the nation's best offense right now? Um, Tennessee is number one uh, in efficiency, offensive efficiency, number one in offensive scoring. I mean, this is just, you know, this could be a bloodbath. Um, again, you know, my rule on the show, I don't bet on my team. I don't throw out picks. But, I, you know, as a Tennessee fan, and again, you know, Tennessee is trying to score style points. We saw that. They ran up the scoreboard against Missouri. They scored uh, in under a minute left up 59 to 24 against Missouri. So um, this this team is not going to let off the gas. And, and so I can easily see, you know, like a 28-point win or a 35-point win. Uh, that's definitely in play here. So. I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to score that many points. Spencer Rattler has been one of the most inefficient quarterbacks in the SEC, let alone the nation. Um, and, and so I think that uh, if you're into that, you know, betting this kind of, kind of game, SEC at night, um, you know, a tune-up game for Tennessee, hopefully, uh, <clears throat> you know, wouldn't be opposed um, if somebody told me they're, they're taking um, Tennessee minus 21 and a half. Definitely understand that. I'm, Everybody knows where I'm going to be laying my picks as well on a game like this uh, with the Vols. Um, the model likes Tennessee to cover. Uh, 
by a little bit. Uh, 36 to 13 is what the model's predicting right now. So um, uh, looking really favorable for the balls. Ole Miss at Arkansas. Arkansas is plus three. And now um, taking a victory lap here, we picked Arkansas to cover three and a half. And I think we even got it at five and a half at one point last week against LSU. And, and you know, we didn't catch any heat specifically, but I saw a couple analysts on Twitter taking some heat for taking Arkansas to cover. Um, and, and it's nothing against <clears> – <throat> LSU necessarily, but um, it's more of you know Arkansas. Let's let's not forget they went ten and two last year, and and they had a great year. Um, they still have some of that talent now. KJ Jefferson being out, being hurt, has not helped them. And I think if KJ Jefferson does play, they are a really really good team. And and so if we get a healthy KJ Jefferson, I would not be surprised if Arkansas covers that plus three. Um, Ole Miss is no longer in contention for the West. Um, they're they're out of the SEC championship talks. Um, you know, obviously dropping in uh, college football playoff favorability. They weren't really necessarily in the talks um, much to begin with. Uh, let's talk about the model. Model likes Arkansas to beat Ole Miss outright by three points. It thinks that it should be more Arkansas minus three um, than vice versa, and so it's. It's a 31 to 27 prediction. Um, now let's talk about why that is. Ole Miss runs the ball really, really well. Arkansas, let's talk about their defense. They don't guard the pass well. They, they don't have good defensive success and stopping the pass. But they do have a relatively okay um, run defense. And, and, and so that's something that kind of goes unnoticed. Uh, at times, um, you know, we saw what they, you know, they held on um, LSU, stopped them to 13 points. And, and Jane Daniels is one of the hottest quarterbacks right now in college football. Uh, he's playing super well. So um, we know what this Arkansas team can do um, defensively. Uh, I don't anticipate them to stop the pass. Um, but, you know, the good thing is Ole Miss runs the ball more than just about anybody. Um and so defensive success rate, uh, it's not that great. It's 70 in the nation overall, um, but it's feasible. Now, I'm taking the over in this game, uh, no doubt about it. The The total is 58 and a half, and I think there's 70 points scored in this game. I really do. Uh, at Arkansas, <clears throat> you know, Arkansas is going to have to keep up. Ole Miss is Defense is not that great. They have a 90th overall defensive success rate in the nation. Um, horrible against the pass, horrible against the run. Um, just very, very low expectations for this Ole Miss defense. And, and so I like the over here. Um, I think it hits, uh, especially with a lower total like that. Um, I don't think we see another kind of defensive stalemate or offensive stalemate, uh, like we did with LSU Arkansas, but. You know, I I would keep my eye on Arkansas because they're they're better than than what they've showed and what they've displayed, and they can they can show that at any given moment. <clears throat> my only worry, my only concern is if I do take Arkansas, um, I'm worried about the Lane Kiffin show. He's auditioning for a job. Um, I think he wants the Auburn job. I think his frustration is starting to 
leak out even more with Ole Miss and his restrictions there. And so he's at a point where, <coughs> excuse me, he's auditioning for this job. This is a job interview for him. And, um, you know, how does he perform in times like this too? That's the only thing that's keeping me concerned about this game. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe Ole Miss like kind of runs away with it, but, you know, look at what, how they played against Kentucky. Look at how they played, you know, Bama, they did play a good game. Um, you know, I, I think they actually should have won that game. Uh, they had a few things, unfavorable calls, uh, not go their way. So <clears throat> they, they did play really well, but, um, you know, if you look at how they've played it against some questionable opponents in the past, there's definitely a path for an Arkansas victory here. So, um, I, I, you know, I may be more inclined to take Arkansas here and, and, uh, you know, see if KJ Jefferson can be the difference maker that uh, everybody expected him to be. Um, this is one of those other weird numbers. Ole Miss opened up at minus two and a half. Um, you know, it's only minus three now, but 88% of the public is on Ole Miss. Um, <clears throat> and, and the line's not moving. So, trap game. What does Vegas know that we don't? Uh, and, and only 12% of the money is on Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I may take Arkansas just because of that fact alone. So in terms of betting profile for this game, I think there's a lot more points scored in this game than what people realize, what Vegas realize. And I think Arkansas is going to come out and put up a stronger fight than what I think the public thinks. So um, I'm really looking forward to that game. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Lane Kiffin responds to his current situation. I'm really curious to see how Arkansas responds. Um you know, not have not the season's not living up to their expectations, but uh, they can still beat a very good Ole Miss team. So, will they come out motivated? I personally like to think so. Um, and, and and Vegas thinks they can keep it close. So, uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Last game, I want to talk about SMU at Tulane. I mentioned this earlier. I love SMU. The only thing I don't like about this game. It's at Tulane. Tulane's playing really great football. Uh, the spread is Tulane minus two and a half, but SMU's playing great football and they're down a lot of starters. Um, they, they've had some very convincing wins uh, in the past. And so my worry is, you know, <clears throat> they do have those players that sat out. And if you don't know about that, you can go look it up. Um, a lot of players opted to sit out at near the beginning of the year for the transfer portal. Um, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that, unfortunately. But uh, nonetheless, they're down a few starters, and and I think SMU can can really keep this close. Um, they they have a solid offense at times. Defense is not good. Um, I think Tulane's a, a a more well-rounded team, um, and you know it is at home for Tulane. But I, I do think SMU will keep this game fun. Um, and keep it exciting and keep it close. So love SMU this week. I'm really excited for that game. Uh, it's a, it's a midweek action uh, that I'm really looking forward to. So I had to throw it in here to, to keep me going uh, through the week. So, well, that kind of breaks down our betting profiles for this week and college football's biggest games. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, again, all of the model stuff is on my Twitter at Harrison 14 and 
the little teasers account as well. Uh, we'll continue to tweet that out, uh, drop some picks, some analysis, some information, especially. So um, spread the word, tell your friends, like, subscribe, shoot me a text. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but yeah, that wraps it up for college football week 12. We'll be back for the last week of college football regular season next week. Um, hope you can join us. Thank you.